Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, flying solo. So the Warriors, they lost 109-103 to the Lakers at home in the very first game after the James Wiseman era. Maybe, maybe. As of this recording, all we know is <laughs> that nothing has been announced. It was reported that Gary Payton II walked out of the tunnel during the game at Chase Center with uh, Bob Myers and Mike Dunleavy. But we can read into that. That might mean that they're going to take uh, approve of the trade. It may not. We'll see. I'm not sure. (laughs) It's been uh, quite a mess over the past couple of days, and we still have at least almost another day of it, potentially, unless the Warriors make an announcement while I'm recording this. This game, I mean, I can go back to past episodes where the Warriors haven't closed out and honestly just rehash some of the same things that I said back then. The Warriors, they looked kind of, you know, okay at moments. And then at the end, honestly, it's like, They're down by what, six, seven, and without Steph, it's like, are they going to pull it out? But, you know, at this point, you kind of expect them not to. It's what they do right now. They just can't come up with enough stops. They can't come up with enough clutch shots. They can't get to the free throw line, which is a big, big deal. And they end up losing close ones. This was against a Lakers team that didn't have LeBron James, he has a foot injury, that introduced their new players for the first time onto the court, D'Angelo Russell, uh, Jared Vanderbilt, and Malik Beasley. And by the way, (laughs) I really, really wish we had snagged Vanderbilt. He was somebody that uh, a lot of people had talked about that I'd wanted as well because of his just athleticism, his motor, and his ability just to play both ends and he can shoot a little bit. So he would have been a nice addition to this team, but right now we don't have any reinforcements coming in uh, so far, but there were a couple stats that stood out to me. First of all, the Warriors started off this game with eight turnovers in the first quarter. That is a ton. And that is an issue that they've had all season. You know, they ended up with only 15, so I commend them. They only had two in the second, two in the third, and then three in the fourth. So that's good. But again, they are really, really, really ridiculously three happy. And the Warriors, they shoot the most threes in the league. And I guess you could say they should because they have the two greatest shooters to ever walk the planet. But you live and die by the three, right? I mean, this is something that is just a truism in general. So the Warriors, they were 12 for 44, which is 27% from three. And comparatively, the Lakers, eight for 25. That's 32%. (laughs) And then when you're just jacking up threes all the time, you're not getting to the line. I mean, I've talked about this. You guys know this. And the Warriors, they got to the line 12 times. They were 11 for 12, but you flip that around. Lakers, 21 for 26. So they were outscored by 10 
with 14 fewer opportunities from the line in a game they lost by six. And we know that they foul a lot. This is a thing. They had 21 fouls versus 12 for the Lakers. Now, you know, the Lakers, like I said, they have some new players that most of them have never played together before. I know the uh, guys that came in all played in Minnesota together, but with everyone else, with Anthony Davis, with Dennis Schroeder, all that stuff, right? They'd never really all played together. And even then, they didn't foul a bunch, you know? So these are problems, right? These are problems that you can't blame on the young guys. You can't uh, blame on guys who have been traded away. This is something that has been a recurring theme and they need to clean it up. They're back at 500, basketball purgatory, as I've said. They haven't shown any signs of really, really turning the corner and they may not, you know? I mean, I, of course, you know, you look at this team, you're like, oh, look at who they have and look at what they've done and they just got to get into the tournament. What, like I say that and then get hot and focus to try to get 16 wins if possible, you know, 17 or 18, depending on if you're in the play-in round. But if they don't fix these things, then they're just, they'll get smushed. You know, there are teams that are just uh, more cohesive, have better chemistry that are playing better. And of course, the later rounds you go, you run into the old, like, best player on the court in a series type thing. If they keep playing like this, then there's not really, really much that uh, that can be done. Nobody that they get on the buyout market is going to save them. Nobody on the buyout market is going to get them to the line 10 more times. And no one else is going to be able to help their best shooters shoot better, right? I mean, you know, the line for Clay Thompson, 36 minutes, 5 for 21 from the field, 3 for 13 from 3, 15 points, 3 boards, 3 assists. Now, somebody on YouTube questioned when I said that Clay's consistency can be up and down. We all know that he's been playing really, really well overall shooting uh, percentages, averages since maybe late December. And I've talked about that and I, I applaud that, but we also know <laughs> that he can go on these wildly cold streaks and I'm not just pinpointing him. It's just the overall nature of how this team is jacking up shots all of a sudden. And I, I've said this before, like the Warriors introduced this three point shooting era. They were not the league leaders in three point shots for a really long time. And that's because they had guys like, KD. <laughs> they had a couple down years too. And now they're back at the top. And when you shoot so many threes and you don't take any mid-rangers or you don't get to the basket and force contact and force refs to call fouls, then you don't get to the free throw line. You know, you have a lot of empty possessions. And that's what happened to the Warriors, especially in the fourth quarter. They were down. Right, they were down, and Jordan Poole woke up. He scored the Warriors' first 17 points, and then he went cold. He didn't score the rest of the quarter. So, you know, this is something that it's probably in their DNA for this season. Once Steph gets back, hopefully, we don't know exactly when he's coming back. Uh, since he first got hurt, the idea that 
he'll be reevaluated after the all-star game is kind of the company line. Does that mean he's out another week? Does it mean he comes back uh, right after, you know, like we're not sure. And by another week, I meant another week after the all-star game, or is it like another month? And by that point, how will these warriors look? You know, I'd said before this 10 game, the final 10 games before the all-star game, and then the final five or six that I wanted them to be seven and three and, you know, have a good vibe going into the break and have a better identity and sense of who they are so that when they come back, they feel refreshed and they can make that push and then staff can come back and then it's just lockstep. But we'll see. I mean, I don't know if that's going to happen because honestly, like this season's obviously been a really weird season starting with, you know, uh, with Draymond punching pool. And some of you, you know, <laughs> debate whether or not that's really that big of a deal. I'm not going to get into that. But you have to admit that the season's been really odd just overall. And what this game showed me was not just like a lack of energy, lack of execution, which is becoming kind of a you know tired phrase, lack of execution, poor execution. It's like this team is not playing with joy right now. Yes, you'll have moments. People will dance. People will chest bump, all that stuff. But over the long haul, this team looks gassed, emotionally, mentally gassed. And the break coming up soon might be what they need. And I hope it is because when it was announced that the Warriors made that circuitous trade for Gary Payton to come back from, from the Blazers, people were happy. I was happy, you know? Like, I was happy. I was bummed a number two pick didn't work out. I was empathetic, very empathetic to uh, James Wiseman just for, like, in my opinion, you may disagree, but in my opinion, he had a rough go of it, you know? So I was super happy that Gary Payton came back, but I got the sense that everyone thinks it's the magic cure to everything. Like, the sense of last season, it's almost like, well, like, let's just bring it back together and I mean, obviously, Gary Payton II does a ton on defense. You know, he is a great and elite point of attack defender. Uh, he allows DiVincenzo to play other guys. He'll allow Kaminga to play bigger guys. He'll allow Kaminga to do more in his natural position. And then, of course, Payton, dunker spot, plays like a center, great screener, plays like a center in this Warriors uh, motion offense even at 6-2. But I feel like the drag of this season, folks are looking for a little bit nostalgically, just trying to get that magic back, you know? And Gary Payton was a fantastic player for the Warriors last season. And I hope he is sometime whenever he comes back, if he comes back, if he stays, if the Warriors keep him. But the fact that he's not able to play maybe for a month at best, three months at worst. Three months down the road from today is May 11th. The playoffs, the proper playoffs start April 15th. And, you know, the play-in is a few days uh, before that. So is it going to, 
is going to matter. I mean, this whole trade scenario, I mean, <laughs> it's it's almost comedic. Like when I found out that Gary Payton failed his physical, I just I just couldn't stop laughing. Not because I find it humorous that that uh, a beloved player is is hurt and has been going through things, but because just this whole scenario is just a weird comedy of not errors, but just strange twists and turns. You know what I mean? It's like you make this semi complicated trade to get rid of Wiseman. And then all of a sudden you have Gary Payton the second, everybody's happy. Everybody's stoked. We're ready to move on. And that's the thing too. It's like <laughs> Wiseman was such a polarizing figure amongst uh, Warriors fans, to be honest, that, Everybody was like kind of arguing with each other, pointing fingers at each other. You know, it's like when things go bad, it's like, no, it's this, it's him. And you're a Stan and you're uh, deluded and you don't know basketball. All this other <laughs> stupid stuff. By the way, it's just basketball. <laughs> For me, you know, if you listen to the last episode or watch the last episode I did with Aaron in Toronto, we talked about Wiseman, you know, and so I'm not going to get into it. If you want to hear how we feel about it, what we thought about it, go back to it. The summaries that we're stoked that uh, Gary Payton is coming back, but it was, you know, a disappointment that this number two pick just did not work out, like I said earlier. But once it happens, you're like, okay, cool. Let's move on and let's focus on what's ahead. Let's look forward. That's all that matters. But then this keeps it in like this uh, holding pattern that makes it just even more hilarious because then you have... Warriors fans and, and NBA people like pointing more fingers and arguing more and all this weird, stupid stuff. And that's where we are right now, right? Because here's the thing. If he doesn't come back, like this whole idea of bringing Gary Payton second back to me was like, okay, vets, you know, you you don't like Wiseman, then uh, we'll bring Gary Payton second back, then uh, go for it. We'll give you what you want. And then Go get a title and then we'll see. We'll go from there. That's how I interpret it, right? But now if Peyton can't really help you, he signed for a couple more years. And I think it's fair at this point. No information has been passed out about how bad the Warriors really think is like the, the actual final diagnosis and decision. Nothing's been said. So hypothetically, hey, you know, a guy who's super athletic has a core muscle issue that hasn't healed that's in his 30s get like just turned 30 then do you want to commit to that and you might if the doctors say like he'll be fine by x date if he's not fine until you know the second third round of the playoffs then do you just eat that you're basically punting on the season i mean i'll take that back the warriors if Steph comes back healthy and like I said, they can find a groove, then, you know, all bets are off, right? I keep saying that. Uh, it's the fact that they haven't snapped out of this pattern is what concerns me. But if Peyton can come back and help out in the playoffs, that would be amazing. But if he's not really going to be able to help you until next season, it's like, are you saying to the vets, all right, here, we're committing to you guys until you guys decide to leave or retire or stop or whatever, right? It's like, we'll give you Gary Payton the second 
after the season for two more years and you guys go for it. And then they'll add guys around the fringes and all that stuff. So is that what they're saying? Or is it like they're going to reassess? Because if they don't make the playoffs, are they just going to be like, well, we'll get them next year. They could have done that with Wiseman in theory. They could have done that with Wiseman and traded him over the summer. Yes, Gary Payton the second costs Joe Lacob and everyone else who owns the team less. Uh, but, you know, it's just uh, just a thought. Just a thought exercise. There's no hate for Gary Payton the second, and there's no hate for James Wiseman. It's just really, really looking at what does this team do. It's not that easy, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back. Is Steph going to go for 30? Is Clay going to hit five threes? Download the app now and sign up with code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I mean, an option could be that they, you know, accept the trade and they try to find just guys on the buyout market. I mean, I assume they were going to before that they were going to look for a big, a backup big, uh, but it's not clear who's available. And also, honestly, there's other teams that are more enticing to join if you're a buyout guy, if you want minutes and if you want to ring chase, right? People have talked about Kevin Love. I don't think he's going to get bought out, but it's like, maybe he would go play uh, with LeBron in LA if they wanted him. He might, you know, he he might not want to play with LeBron, but he also, I mean, everybody likes Los Angeles, right? And he played uh, college ball there. It might be fun for him. He might just be like, hey, at this point in my career, why not? Same with Serge Ibaka. He, that's a name that's been tossed around. I haven't seen him play in a while, but it's like, you know, he turned the Warriors down before as a free agent. And does he want to come there? You know, I mean... Clay was on his YouTube show once, so maybe they're cool. But right now, it's it's not exactly exactly clear. They, bottom line is they have to get better as a team from within, and they're just not showing the resiliency and the will to win. Plain and simple. We know they got it. I'm not questioning that. I'm not questioning their ability to get there. I'm just saying it hasn't happened on the regular, and that's something to keep an eye on. If all of a sudden they rack off five straight wins. I was going to say like 10, but I'll go with five. They rack off five straight wins again, you know, which would tie their longest winning streak of the season. Then things are looking up. But right now it's like, eh, you know, and again, not to relitigate this whole James Wiseman thing, because that's past to me, right? Like until they say he's coming back, that's, that's over. Like good luck to him in Detroit. I think it'll be really good for him not to, just to get minutes there, but also to be around a bunch of dudes who are his age, right? They have a really young team and they get him. <laughs> I'm sure they'll get him a lot more than the Warriors vets, than the Warriors staff, just because like the focus will be on developing him rather than just trying to uh, get him to be something he's not. 
And also he has to compete for minutes. Jalen Duran, that dude went off the day <laughs> after the trade. He went off for 30 points and 17 boards, the rookie center. And Isaiah Stewart is a guy, if you go back to the episodes where they played Detroit, I talk about how Isaiah Stewart is the kind of guy that I want on this team, right? He's tough. He can shoot, whatever. He owned James Wiseman for a long time, almost every game they played. <laughs> and so playing against those guys, trying to find minutes there and earning the minutes still, I think is going to be good for him. And they're playing on a team that's that's tanking. They're trying to get Wembenyama, you know? And if that's the case, then they won't only let him play through his mistakes. They will just almost want him to get those mistakes out of the system, right? As opposed to you make a mistake for the Warriors and you're pulled, right? So that's done. That's that's said and done in my opinion. And, you know, another thing, like the reporting that, you know, like the vets didn't want Wiseman around anymore. And that's fair. They've earned the right to say like, yo, uh, we want who we want. You know, we want to ride or die with the guys that we want. And Gary Payton was one of those guys. Uh, but also it's like, hey, you know that Wiseman, keeping Wiseman in the offseason last season financially prevented them from re-signing Gary Payton the second. And honestly, keeping Wiseman around would make it less likely <laughs> that the Warriors, I mean, if they ended up keeping him and not trading him, over the summer, then that puts Draymond's future in jeopardy with his team, right? Because they'd have to pay Wiseman and it messes with Draymond's. He might opt out and then can you resign him? So there's a, uh, a twist to it too. It's just a reality of the situation. Because when you look at Wiseman, you're looking at a guy who's not, you're not just looking at a player, you know, I mean, set the person aside, but you're looking at a player, but you're also looking at the number on his forehead, like the contract number and making all those pieces work and shift around. You know, it wasn't like, oh, the Warriors think he stinks. So let's get rid of him. It's like the Warriors don't think he's ready and uh, he costs too much right now to wait for it to be worth it for us trying to chase a title now and perhaps next year. So it is what it is. That's the calculus of the whole thing. And I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'm focused on who's on the court, neither Wiseman, neither Peyton on the court. So in my opinion, like as long as Peyton can be soon to be healthy eventually, like in whatever the prognosis is, one to three months, I'll say, just because those are the bookends that they've put out that we've heard. But if he's able to come back with a clean bill of health, then I assume that they will keep him because either way, you're not going to play Wiseman. That would be weird. If you think the mojo and the joy is uh, off and gone now, then imagine bringing James Wiseman back and either having him sit on the bench. The guy never looked happy on the bench anyway. He was always like the last person to uh, celebrate uh, a big shot or cheer uh, a teammate on. And I'm not pointing at him as like a, a bad egg or like a malcontent or whatever, but he just clearly wasn't super enthusiastic. Maybe it's part of his personality, but also it's like, no, he really just kind of doesn't 
do much <laughs> on the bench in that respect. So imagine him coming back or you send him away, say, hey, we're going to trade you in the summer. Uh, that's just weird. Like that would make the vibe on this team even weirder. You know what I mean? This team has enough, basically, like, honestly, like negativity from the beginning of the season until now. And with all the mediocre results that you wouldn't want that. So at least Peyton could be around. <laughs> he makes the vets happy. Uh, he can hang out with Steph until Steph gets back on the court. And then, you know, you move on from there. So that's that's my guess, unless the injury is far worse than you'd expect, or unless Jaleke and Bob Myers decide we don't want, you know, an injured asset that's 30 years old that, you know, we're not sure uh, where he's going to go or whatnot. And it's weird because, you know, Dante DiVincenzo was kind of his replacement, right? Even where's the number zero. And I talked a few weeks back about, man, Dante DiVincenzo is a perfect warrior, you know, perfect fourth guard, but he's obviously going to get priced out, you know, like, or the Warriors can get priced out. He's going to get a contract that is way beyond what Gary Payton's getting. You know, I mean, at least like, I don't know. I mean, I'm not good at this stuff. But Gary Payton gets eight and a half. DiVincenzo, I don't know, 15? I don't know. You tell me if that you think that's fair. But either way, having Gary Payton back means you can now have him as DiVincenzo's replacement next year. Right? So that secures that. But then who knows? Are the Warriors, if they flame out, are the Warriors going to want to just be like, stay with the status quo? So a lot could change, a lot could change. And who knows, <laughs> as I've been talking, maybe uh, stuff has changed, but uh, I'll tell you one thing that hasn't changed. The Warriors are really three happy. They don't shoot enough free throws and usually they commit a lot of turnovers. This one wasn't as bad, but you know, that's the trend. So they have the guys who can clean it up and, you know, their defense at times wasn't so bad. First quarter was decent and they were switching pretty well and you know rotations were pretty crisp i will say that john kaminga he had a kind of an iffy game uh he came in and instantly a couple of turnovers and then he hit a three and then he hit a mid-ranger one thing that i've talked about in his development is that he's not jacking up threes on his first touch <sighs> he's starting to jack up threes on his first touch he did that a couple times in this one and if he has the the big green light from Kerr to do that on the first touch, you know, with like 20 seconds on the shot clock or 18 seconds on the shot clock, by all means, you know, listen to your coach. But it's also one of those things where like, you know, he made, you know, he had that game where he hit like four threes before the half or before the end of a quarter a couple of weeks back. And he's been jacking them up quicker. And, you know, when you have Steph, when you have Poole, when you have clay and then you have wiggins who likes shooting threes now and then you just get a bunch of people shooting threes i will say to michael green he looked good out there he is now the de facto third center for the warriors which was originally i don't think it was originally a plan i think wiseman was the plan of course and to michael green was the insurance in that respect but he played 19 minutes three for eight only one for four from three hit all four of his free throws had five boards uh, 11 points. I mean, he played with with some force and some energy, and he brings something that no one else on this team currently does that under the basket can just 
muscle and dunk. Muscle up through people and dunk. Kaminga can go over people, you know, I mean, obviously can dunk from a standstill, but a lot of times he'll like pump fake or pivot out of it or pass out of it if he's just right under right now. So that being said, Jamichael Green, that's a good sign. Moses Moody got some minutes, you know, and that's another thing. Him watching all that's happened with James Wiseman and his agent being Rich Paul. I mean, who knows? Who knows what Moody's thinking, what he wants, if he is going to try to get out of here somehow, some way soon. Like, it all depends. Like, this summer, as I've said many times, like, it really depends on how this team ends up. Really, like, although right now they look like a long shot, you know that if Gary Payton is available in the playoffs at some point, right? If so, basically they have uh, seven of their top guys from the title team last year. And then you put in DiVincenzo, Kaminga, Jamichael Green, and maybe a buyout person as an option in a pinch, then, you know, those guys deserve a shot. You know, you can't count them out when all you have to do is win 16 games. Definitely not a shoe-in, not if they've been playing like not if they play like they've been playing recently or basically throughout the season. Because the ups and downs will mean that you're gonna lose a series, especially against the the better teams. And this Western Conference is way better now. But it's not looking great right now. You know what I mean? Like you, you could tell me, like, hey, uh they just need to to clean things up. And we've been saying that for the whole season. And I will never fully doubt. And I'm not saying like, oh, they're toast, they're, they're, uh, this, this team is, is over and scrap it, whatever. But just the eye test and looking at every game they've played this season, mm-hmm. it's like, okay. Because, you know, Wiggins ain't got it right now. He looks not like the guy that uh, he was before he got hurt. And, you know, Poole, he, he makes strides, he makes efforts. And in this one, this isn't on him. He didn't make crazy poor decisions. He just missed shots. You know, he hit those <laughs> 17 points to start the fourth. And that was really impressive. That shows you what he can do. That shows you his value. He's streaky. You know what I mean? And I think that these guys are going to have to start clicking and finding them their best selves, to be honest, you know, their best basketball selves on the court. Cause sometimes you'll get one guy's best self and then the other guy's not. And right now they can't function like that. You know, Right now, I'm going to check to see if any updates have been made uh, to Gary Payton's status. Nope, nothing yet. So as of now, it's still in a holding pattern. You don't want to overreact. I always say this. You don't want to overreact to one game. You know, there have been times where they have a breakout game, like that first Celtics game or the Grizzlies games or that first Cavs game. And you're like, this is who they could be. You know, this is who this Warriors team can be. This is who they are. But this is not an overreaction to one game to a loss of Lakers. This is just taking this whole season so far. They're 28 and 28. What can they find? What's going to spark it for them? Because, hey, Steve Kerr, great coach, you know, one of the best coaches of all time. Great manager of egos connects to his players but what else can he do right now you know his rotations i mean they're not inspired there's not many inspiring guys sometimes to bring in let's be honest and 
you can't force the execution. So, you know, again, I always say it's not about the doom and gloom because this is basketball. It is what it is, but, but they just don't look like a good team period. They look like an okay team. And by team, I mean like a team that plays for each other, that plays together, that really, really like is cohesive. And I'm not saying that they hate each other, (laughs) not far from it, but whatever it is, they just can't seem to fully, fully click. And maybe Gary Payton, the second presence will change all that. But at this point, I'm just repeating myself because that's what the Warriors have done all season. <laughs> they repeat themselves and they force guys like me and you to repeat yourself when you're watching them. So we'll leave it at that. We'll find out what happens. Sunday is the deadline for the Warriors to make a decision on this uh, Gary Payton for James Wiseman trade. And honestly, like, you assume that if he was at the arena, that he's going to stay. So uh, hopefully it's worth it. Hopefully it's all worth it. If the Warriors flame out and losing the play-in or just whatever, then you might look back at this trade deadline and be like, well, you gave the vets what they want. And they've earned that because they've brought us so many years of joy and four titles and all that stuff. But they're the ones thinking about now and their end of career type wants and needs. And they need Peyton more than they need Wiseman. Uh, They need Draymond to be signed more than they need Wiseman. Right? And if it doesn't work, if they blow stuff up over the summer, or if they decide to get Peyton healthy, get everybody healthy, sign some other guys, make some moves, and then give it one more shot or two, then so be it. But right now it's, uh, it's fascinating. You know what I mean? It's a fascinating time to be a Warriors fan. I'm, you know, it's not like the the happiest time, but just in the pure, like, uh, watching a story unfold, I find it really, really, really interesting. Anyway, that's all I got. We'll see what happens with this trade. All right. That is another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick E. Pino or at Oakland Warriors. Check out our YouTube channel where you can watch this episode, youtube.com slash Oakland Warriors. Check us out at oaklandwarriors.com and be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society and is a part of the Basketball Podcast Network. And if you're so inclined, please do leave us a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you want to leave us a nice review, saying good stuff about the show on Apple Podcasts, that would be hugely, hugely appreciated and it would be very, very helpful. Thanks. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time and go Dubs. Thank you.